Don't compare your dating life to your friends. Everyone has very different experiences and it's important to go at your own pace. Don't get in a relationship because all of your girlfriends are in a relationship and you feel left out. And also don't be really hard on yourself if you have whatever kind of negative experience. Like, think about why people act in the way that they do. It's not always your fault. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors. The same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, man's system is backfiring. We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast. Today we are switching it up a bit and going deep into a topic I've wanted to cover for a very long time, dating and relationships for Gen Z. Because it is so different and we are experiencing so many different things previous generations never had to deal with. Things like ghosting, is it okay? How hyper-focused on sex we are? Are we in a competition of who can care the least? Why are we so strategic about our responses and how overloaded we are with options? This and many more topics are what I cover in today's episode with Natasha Larkos. Growing up in Europe, Natasha is a Gen Z just like you and I and is dated in many different places from around the world, giving her a unique perspective on Australia's toxic dating world. She's also the co-host of the Officially Unofficial podcast, podcast all about dating and exploring relationships. This episode is a topic I've wanted to cover for a while now, but I really wanted to bring in someone young who understands what Gen Z and what we are going through. Because things like Tinder and other apps are so new, previous generations are completely unaware of the struggles Gen Z faces when it comes to dating, when it comes to sex and relationships. So today's conversation, we discuss all of this in detail from the perspective of a Gen Z male and a Gen Z female. And for any young listeners, there is no crude language or explicit detail. And I really think this conversation will be valuable to you. So please do not click away. Now, over to Natasha. Natasha, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. So this is a topic I've wanted to cover for a while, which is dating, especially for Gen Z, yeah, Gen Z and millennials, kind of younger people. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into all the nitty gritty stuff, I just want to know a little bit about you. What did you do after high school and what are you currently up to? Okay, so I grew up in Cyprus, which is a little island in Europe. And I was in high school over there up until a sorry up until maybe year twelve, and moved to Australia with my whole family mid year twelve. Tried to go to high school here, didn't really like it, so I dropped out, and I ended up doing a bridging course at uni, and that's how I got through and did my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. So didn't finish high school, did my bridging course did a Bachelor of Business Leadership and Commerce, majored in entrepreneurship and marketing. Really, really enjoyed that. And for the four years that I was studying, I did a lot of internships Mm. and also tried to be a little bit entrepreneurial. Started my own events company with one of my closest friends and recently started a dating podcast with another one of my closest friends. You're very entrepreneurial, which is something I like to talk about because I feel like we don't learn much entrepreneur stuff in school well you wouldn't know but in Australian high school I don't we don't learn anything about entrepreneurship really yeah. I think it's really important and so how did you end up starting your dating podcast and why are you talking about a dating podcast like why did you decide to go down that road right so early last year I was at a birthday brunch and I met a very very cool chick who became one of my best friends and about two hours into meeting her I said hey I'm going to Europe in six months you should come with me And she said yes. (laughs) And we put a little bit of a group together and did a month-long trip in Europe. Um, And obviously, when you're traveling with people that you don't really know, you're sharing a lot of the experiences that you've had in the past. And one of the topics that we kept covering was our dating lives and how different they were, especially for me, predominantly dating in Europe versus my friends who had been dating in Australia. Mm. We realized that there was a lot of, I guess controversies between the two and the conversations were really really funny really really engaging and I remember making a comment being like 
this this is actually great. I would listen to this. Maybe we should start recording <laughs> Which them. Which is what everyone says. Yeah, everyone says that. Yeah, no yeah. one actually does it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it became a bit of a running joke for a few weeks. And then we came back to Sydney and we spoke about it, but we weren't sure if it was going to happen. And it was a Friday and I finished work and I got invited to a friend's work drinks. And we went to Chinese Noodle House, which is like this dumpling place where you BYO and sit outside. And her boss had joined us as well. And he invited one of his friends. And coincidentally, he sat next to me. And somehow the the idea for the podcast came up. And he was like, you know, pitch this podcast to me. So I did. And he was like, this is an awesome idea. Are you going to do it? Like, how are you going to do it? Do you know how to record a podcast? And I was like, we have no clue how to do it. Yeah. We're probably just going to Google and DIY if it does happen. And he said, well, I'm actually a musician and I know how to do all of that stuff. So if you're serious about it, send me a message and I'm happy to show you the ropes. No way. And, you know, six months down the track, he is our producer and editor and now very, very good friend. Awesome, And he's also featured in an episode as well. Awesome. But um, the topics that we like to cover are a bit of a mix. We do like giving advice on the show, but mostly it's quite lighthearted. Sharing the stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a very entertaining way. Like a lot of the episodes that we've done have been our worst dates. That was one of our, you know, most listened to episodes and it's very, very funny. Yeah. Um, You'd be surprised. You think that you've been on the worst date and then you hear other people's stories. I was about to say, I have a pretty bad one. Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's real bad. (laughs) Do you want to tell me? (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Um, yeah, we've done, we've spoken about dates, how to behave on a first date. We've done things about closure, whether or not it exists. Yeah. It does not. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> breakups and stuff. Um, yeah, we've done how to how to handle a breakup. We've also recorded a few episodes on ghosting, mm-hmm. which is a topic I feel very passionate about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's a good mix. Awesome. So um, in terms of all these kind of different topics there's a lot to cover but i kind of wanted to just before we dive deep into ghosting and all all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. the reason i kind of wanted you have on because you're quite young and i feel like there's a difference between getting a 35 year old dating expert and like a 22 23 year old because there's such a disconnect between 20 or you know 15 to 20 year olds and 30 year olds like the dating world is so different thanks to tinder thanks to all the you know everything that's going on it's such a disconnect between the generations yeah and so that's why i kind of wanted to bring you on so we can get both of us as a young people's perspective guy and female and i've got a list here of kind of 10 this is a list i found on facebook called why dating as a millennial or gen z is so screwed up and the first one is we ghost as a way to end things so I personally, I hate ghosting. Have you been ghosted and have you ever ghosted someone? I've been ghosted, yeah. I've like It depends if we're going to talk about ghosting, what is ghosting? So I don't consider ghosting like if you're talking to a girl on Tinder and they stop responding. That's like, not ghosting. You haven't built a connection yet. I feel like ghosting really only happens if you've gone out on at least a date or you're... And I, I've been there. I've gone out on a date. We've been talking every day and then out of nowhere, bang. And it's like what yeah i've had it happen a few times i feel like i've never properly ghosted someone i hate i hate ghosting i think it's just disrespectful like and it's such like it says here if we're no longer interested in someone we don't need to tell them we simply stop responding if someone did this in real life it would be completely psychotic but because it's over text or instant message we've somehow resigned resigned ourselves to thinking it's okay i completely agree with that like it is psychotic i absolutely hate ghosting and as someone who grew up in europe and has a lot of european friends like specifically around Mediterranean regions, ghosting does not exist there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like I use the term ghosting when I talk to those friends. And, they no and idea. they're like, what are you talking about? Um, here, I hate how prevalent it is. Mm. Um, but it, it literally all boils down to online dating and how readily accessible other people are. Yes. A better option. Or I also think the fact that it's such a small investment that you make when you like someone on a dating app and then just simply like send a dm you're not invested enough to make an effort with them or Mm. to let them down easy you just don't care enough yeah and i guess it depends do we call that ghosting or i feel like ghosting a proper ghost is when you you've been talking for a while or you've gone on a date or multiple dates and but even if you have gone on a date i feel like you're more likely to ghost someone 
if the initial interaction happened online. online. Yes, yeah. that's true. Whereas if, you know, you see someone that you're attracted to in a bar and you go up to, like, you have to build up the confidence to yes. go up to them and spark a conversation, you're a lot less likely to ghost them in the future because of how much more of an investment you made mm. from the get-go. Also, like, what you what we when you meet someone in person, like at a bar, someone like Tinder conversation or like online conversations, you like say nothing and you've been talking for a week. Like people take hours to respond. Like in, in two minutes with in person, you can just establish more of a relationship and connection than you can with like hours yeah. on Tinder. And a direction to take. Like one of the questions that I get asked all the time is for how long do you have to talk to someone that you've matched with on a dating app before like setting like making a plan and yes. create, like going on a date okay I'll, I'll throw my opinion in here yep so i guess as a guy like and i've t- spoken about this exact topic with other people i kind of like to try get it early not super early but early because i find if i don't ask early or if i don't switch them to another platform like in- instagram just yeah fizzles. it just fizzles out and it just dies and nothing ever happens also if, if i talk to someone and i try meet up and they're busy or something if that happens for like two three four weeks once again it just fizzles out and we never end up meeting up yeah so i try to establish it too early but i've got female friends who are like they they'll be creeped out if someone asks them out within two or three days on tinder or something really and so it's just like i don't know what the answer is i, I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't think there's a fixed answer because yeah. if you ask me if, I if, if I'm chatting to someone and we've chatted for a couple of hours, I sure. wouldn't even go so far as to say days. Um, I want to be asked out. Otherwise, that's good to know. I can't, can't be bothered to continue the conversation. And like, I'll, I'll like flirt it. I won't. I'll be like, oh, we should hang out sometime or something. And then maybe solidify it later on. Yeah. See so how they react to the. And yeah. Seeding it in the conversation to see how they react. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I think people, when it comes to online dating, you want to get off the platform. Yeah. And get on. Usually, I think Instagram's a good one. It's also safer because you can't really fake an Instagram. Like, if you do a bit of research, like, you can't, you're not going to get catfished because if you go on the Instagram, you'll see for the past five years all the posts have yeah, been posted. Yeah, see that they're tagged in photos. Exactly. As well. Yeah. And so you can't really fake an Instagram. So I think it's a safe bet in terms of safety when it comes to online dating. And um, I think it's cool because you can get a little bit more of an idea of who that person is. Yes. Like, Instagram is a it's an extension of who we are or at mm. least the way we want to present ourselves. So if you vibe their photos, it's a lot more likely that you'll enjoy their company when you do meet them eventually. And do you think Instagram is becoming like, in order to improve your chances of having a good dating life, you need to like improve your Instagram? No. No? I, I for me personally, I like, I'm more attracted to guys that don't make much of an effort with their Instagram. Yeah. Just because I feel like, they're probably a little bit more like genuine and not self-absorbed yeah yeah whereas i feel like with girls maybe it's the other way around actually it could be the same i think it depends on your opinion yeah yeah but yeah i mean like for example when you see someone i guess it's just like i remember on your profile you've got heaps of traveling pictures yeah like i relate to that like i love traveling and it's like seeing seeing someone traveling oh that's cool okay I, i can see what they're into i can see what they're about and stuff if they've got friends and all that sort of stuff um but i guess leading back to ghosting it's interesting you say the it's almost cultural. Like oh, definitely cultural. In Australia, it's okay, but in Europe, it's not. But I also think a big part of that is the hookup culture that exists in Australia because yeah. that does not exist in Europe, or at least in the countries that I've lived in in Europe. Over there, it's you know really looked down upon if you've got the reputation of you know sleeping around. Yeah. Um, whereas here, it's 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 kind of the norm even. it is a norm for sure yeah which is really sad and i, I don't know i i have a lot of opinions of what resulted in this like hookup culture like you know the most um the most absorbed type of entertainment for young people is probably netflix and the shows that you know have the highest ratings are shows like riverdale that are yeah, hyper hyper sexualized yeah, and Outer Banks. I haven't seen. I haven't even seen it, but I know what it's about. It's like soft porn. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's no. It's not. Not even if it's sex. They're always really good looking. They're actors. really good looking, and it's like you're encouraging these, you know, high school kids yeah. to want to appear a certain way and act a certain way, and you're normalizing all of these things that you shouldn't be doing till you're like until you're an adult or mm. until you've built the confidence, um, you know, to engage in that manner. Mm. And it's bad. Yeah. And it's pretty detrimental to their mental health as well. Yeah. It's same even on like YouTube. If you look at like content creators on YouTube, it's super sexualized. Like it's just the culture we're being created around. And I guess that's not happening in Europe. Yeah. No. Well, there's a lot more um, c- 
conservative parenting and they really maintain some of the tra- traditional values. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. Um, so ghosting, I mean, we, we think it's not okay. You just need to tell someone. And uh, let me know what you think of this. I kind of came up with this the other day. It was like, I feel like it's almost like a, f- a loop of what's causing things I think when it comes to online dating. If we're talking about online dating, it goes off with like, I don't know what the numbers are on Tinder and stuff, but guys, there's so, way more guys on Tinder. Girls get, I've seen it. I know girls, like, they get ridiculous amounts of messages uh, and therefore the girls don't value the guy because I've got 50 other guys who have said hello in their DMs. And then when there's a guy who doesn't give them the time of day, a bad boy or whatever, suddenly they go, oh, like, why isn't he giving me the time of day? I want to see what that's more about. And then they get more attracted to that. Yep. And then the nice guys go, oh, well, I'm, being a nice guy isn't working, so I'm, be- I'm going to become a bad boy or like and start That's tre- an interesting theory. And start treating girls worse on purpose to get that reaction. And it kind of like loops. And I was just, that was something that I just kind of came up with the other day. And I was like, I wonder if that's like, I could make a graph out of it or something. <laughs> you should. <laughs> that would be really funny. Um, I don't know. I also feel like it depends on the dating platform because I feel like on Hinge, it's pretty balanced. Hinge is way more PG. Yeah, I, I have not touched Tinder in years. Tinder's um, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Tinder is very casual and then Hinge is more if you're looking for something a bit more serious. Yeah. Um, Bumble is maybe in between. Yeah. I, if we're talking about online dating, like for those of you who don't know, Hinge is, as I mentioned, it's quite more PG. It's also your profile has like... Um, it takes a lot more time to create your profile. Yeah, your profile has like little responses you make and you can respond to those responses. So it's not just, hey. Yep. It's like... It's like a little paragraph about yourself. Well, not yeah. even a paragraph about yourself. There's prompts and you can either fill them in. And mm. I guess it gives more insight to who you are and you have to spend more time thinking about what you want to be perceived yeah. as. One um, of my prompts, and I get heaps of people responding to, is... um. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is better than The Office. And it's like, (laughs) agree or disagree. And so it's just little stuff like that. And that helps the conversation. Yeah, it's easy to spark a conversation. Hey, how was your day? Oh, my day was good. How was yours? Oh, cool. What do you do? Oh, I study (laughs) uni. I work at... It's so boring. It is. That's what I kind of call functional conversation. Yeah. And I try to stay away from functional for as long as possible because I want to see the banters there first. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to this. So this list. We've kind of touched on it, but number two, this generation is hyper-focused on sex. So sex is scarily available. We have it simply within the swipe of a finger. There's zero effort made into getting to know someone for who they truly are unless we're willing to undress and show the most sacred parts of ourselves first. Very true. Very true. From It's sad because it's even from like the very, very young ages. I feel like I mostly speak to girls about this kind of stuff, but girls feel like they need to have sex really really early on in order oh, really? to keep the guy sort of interested sure yeah no yeah. yeah i've seen that and like my little sister is she just turned 18 so she's still in high school and i see it a lot with like girls in her year group yeah like i i didn't act that way when i was in year 12 but obviously i had a very different cultural mm-hmm. experience um but also social media. Like you're constantly seeing all of these celebrities that you aspire to look like and they're dressed in really, really skimpy clothing and yeah. posing really provocatively. And I mean, that that's what they look up to. Yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous. And that links back to the whole Netflix thing we were talking about. Yeah. And yeah, it, it is super dangerous. Like my school was pretty low key when that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't really experience it because I was dating a girl in high school. So I didn't really experience that kind of hookup culture at parties and stuff. Um, but I have heard crazy stories of people in like Brisbane and some of the private schools in Sydney, like oh. unbelievably like freaky stories, like sexual stories that are like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I was going to ask you about that. Did you go to a co-ed school? Yeah, co-ed. Okay. I think co-ed is the best kind of school you can go to okay because you learn how to interact with someone from the opposite sex Mm. um i know a lot of kids that went to all girls and all boys schools and then they went to college when they first started university and it was a foreign territory oh my god it was awful like i went to some of those college parties and it's like testosterone levels are at an all-time high yeah Kids are acting like absolute animals. There's casual sex happening everywhere. And I think that that's just a lack of not knowing how to interact. Yeah. And obviously a lot of like alcohol abuse, like getting incredibly drunk and making really, really dumb decisions. Um, The whole like hazing 
thing that happened at... I don't even know what that is. You haven't heard of hazing? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was... I think it was Channel 10 or maybe Channel 9 that did a whole documentary on it. And hazing was um, kind of this, like, initiation process that happened when you started college. And Sydney had a – like, Sydney University had a really bad reputation for a while because it was all of these, like, drinking challenges and people would get really, really drunk and get peer pressured into doing things that they wouldn't normally do. Don't give into it. (laughs) Yeah, don't give into peer pressure. Um, And do you think a lot of this, I guess everything we just spoke about, could be due to a lack of education? Do you think we should be discussing these topics more importantly in high school so that we're more self-aware coming out of high school? I think so. I think that we don't focus on um, the psychological aspects of our behavior enough. Um, And a lot of kids aren't self-aware. 100%. Even even outside of uni. I know a lot of people that really, really lack self-awareness. And... It's important to develop that skill because it makes it makes your life so much easier, even in a corporate setting, even with yeah. your friends, especially in a romantic setting, because you don't project as much. Mm. Yeah, I do. I'm doing a top ten list on TikTok of things we should learn in school, and psych- like basic human psychology is one of them. Yeah, like I think it's something you can take into any workplace, any career. Um, it's something that you're going to use everywhere in relationships, as you mentioned as well. And so it's like super valuable skill we should be learning. I also think at school, like we do sex ed, but it's from a teacher who's 40 years old and it's from a curriculum that's, you know, 20 years old. It's completely redundant and made like it doesn't make any sense compared to the 2020 world. I don't blame anyone because the world's changed so much in terms of sex and relationships, thanks to, as we mentioned, online stuff. But I think, yeah, it's a sticky situation for our generation to be stuck in. Well, I recently asked um, a 16-year-old where she looks for information regarding sex. Mm-hmm. And what did, she said that obviously everything she's learned at school, but a lot of it comes from porn as well. Really? Yeah, and that yeah. was a huge red That's flag for me. Not good at all because porn doesn't no. educate you at all i mean sure, you, you see the like the physical like what's meant to happen physically but none of the open communication and trust and that was one of the like inf- informative avenues that she mentioned and another one was like i don't know any of the names of these magazines but like magazines t- like made for younger girls and a lot of them have like i don't know, them either. <laughs> I don't know dolly or yeah, yeah all that sort of stuff yeah that yeah. sort of stuff um clearly did not grow up here but a lot of them have like little um paragraphs of experiences that yeah yeah that's quite common so you can hear other girls stories yeah yeah there was there's a girl a woman called mia friedman she she has a, a network called mama mia which is a women's news network yeah I know I, mama mia. you know mama mia so i i went to a talk for her and she talked about when she first started she was one of the only pieces of online internet where and first of all, where she would talk about periods, she would talk about what goes on, like how women enter puberty. And it was like, because there was nowhere else on the internet, no one discussed, first of all, people didn't even really discuss these things as much. And so... And if they do, it's usually anonymously. Yeah. And, and so you she, wanted to see who's, you know, giving you that advice. Yeah. She created like a, so that's where she kind of, her foundation was all that sort of stuff, which is fascinating. I think podcasts are really, yes. really, 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 really great place to get that kind of information from. Yeah. There's a new one. Um, I think it's the first official Australian um, Spotify podcast, and it's all about the most researched questions about sex. Right, yeah. Oh, I've, I know. I've, I've seen it. And um, Mamma Mia Network, they have a podcast network. They're just doing a dating one as well. It's cool. It's really, really cool. And then obviously you've got stuff like Call of Daddy, which is oh god, extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, so they're basically the opposite of what we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> they're all hookup cops. But still, it's interesting hearing stories like uh, how crazy American colleges and all that sort of stuff. Oh. Are we really that far off, though? I'm not sure. I didn't go to uni. I feel like... Did you go to uni? No, I didn't. Okay. So I haven't experienced the uni lifestyle. I don't know how... But I, from what I hear, it's quite different to the college, like frat and what is, what's the female version? Sorority. Sororities. Yeah. I, that's like... I've heard some stories that happen over and there. And that's like next level. It's like mental. It's like what we just said with the eggs and everything. Yeah. And well, like, I feel like that's college culture here. Really? Okay. Yeah. And there's a few societies like the Ski Society, which can get really, really out of control because it's... It's literally a group of people that get really drunk together yeah. on a regular basis. And we're not saying don't get drunk. We're not no, saying right. don't party. 
Like, I, if we're, not, we're not trying like, to be like, get you know, drunk, be responsible, and most importantly, consent. Ask for consent. Yes, which is a big one. We had a guy come into. He's so good. He's so good. He's an ex-cop and he speaks at schools and he does sessions with the boys and then he does a session with the girls. So he se- yeah. separates them by sex. And the boys, he tells all these stories about exactly what you just said, consent. And actually understanding that consent can be as little as, first of all, if a girl's drunk and you're not and they say yes, that's not legally speaking, that's not actually con- consent because they're not clear. Um, but, you know, if, if they say no, 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 and then they say yes, that's still that's not consent. No. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it was really good. And he's, I really hope he was one of the best things that happened at our school. And it really opened up a lot. Of, and he tells you the consequences some guys have suffered from this sort of stuff. And you're like, wow. Really? And then the girls, he does a whole, I don't know what he does with the girls. But it's a big one, consent. And it's not like what we see in the movies, like some guy walking down the, the, an alleyway with a trench coat or something. It's happening at parties with young people as well. Yep, it definitely is. And I feel like we need to normalize it. Like people need to talk about it more. And same goes with sex. Like, people need to make sex less of a ta- taboo topic. Yes. And get more comfortable with asking questions around it and, you know, learning about how to deal with STIs and all of that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Because that, that stuff happens. There's no need it to It does be... happen. And people shouldn't be ashamed of it. Yeah. And because that's another thing at school, like, you're not going to have that conversation with your teacher, right? No. Who's 40 or, or like, even it's like 35, 40, like... We should be doing stuff at school where you can have that conversation. And you're scared to do it at school because your friends are there. Are they going to judge you? Because we've got such a ju- judgmental generation. And it's just like talking about that sort of stuff is, is scary to do at school. And it's really stigmatized. Too. Very stigmatized, yeah. This episode of the Driven Young Podcast is sponsored by me. Guys, I've been working on something for the past few months and I'm super excited to announce to you the HSC Roundtable Sessions. Aimed at lost and confused HSC students, this is an online virtual event where I will link you up with current university students studying your dream degree. The event will give you a choice of 10 university student mentors and you'll get to choose from who you want to learn from based on their degree, based on their university, their experience, etc. I will then break you up into small, intimate groups where you can ask them any question you want about university, about the degree that you want to study, about the social life, anything you want. There are no boundaries. So if you're in year 11 or year 12 and you want to learn from real and current uni students, I highly recommend you check this event out. It is online and because the student mentors are volunteers, I have managed to lower the ticket price so it is significantly more affordable than anything else online. The average tutor costs about $50 an hour. And this event will give you access to three mentors of your choice and access to me all from the comfort of your home. Because you're a listener of this show, if you use the code DRIVENYOUNG at checkout, get 30% off your ticket right now. So if you're interested, go to www.drivenyoung.com forward slash HSC roundtable. That's www.drivenyoung.com forward slash HSC roundtable and use the code DRIVENYOUNG to get 30% off. This event will be run by me, so I will be there, and I look forward to seeing you there. Now, back to the show. If we move on, so I'm going to this list. This is an interesting one. So we're in a competition of who can care the least. Showing actual emotions is heavily frowned upon. If we show our cards and act like we're interested, it leaves the person we're affectionate about turned off and running in the opposite direction instead of being flattered that we actually give a crap about them. There's little gratitude for honest and happy emotions. I completely agree agree with this line so do i yeah. um I, I don't know how we've gotten to this point i'm not even kidding i would do this i will like pay less attention to girls on purpose even though i don't want to simply because i i know that they'll like me more if i don't respond instantly and that yep. sort of stuff it's all about the chase and you can't give too much attention to them too quickly because yet yeah, they're gonna lose interest um but i've i've been trying not to do that yeah I'm trying same. not to give into the game um but you gotta play it otherwise it doesn't no. work no, you've <laughs> got to be direct because I feel like I've I've had a lot of dating experience and I've kind of come to a point where I'm very sick and tired of the, this, this whole like chasing game. So am I, 100%. Yeah. So now I'm just really clear and direct about what That's I good. want and how I'm feeling. That's good. And, you know, judging on how the other person responds to my directness, mm-hmm. I decide if it's, you know, worth giving time to or not. Yeah, nice. And... That's probably how it should be, yep. but it's not. If we're, if we're going to talk about the game as in terms of the game, the game is when someone messages you, even if you're on your phone and you want to message back, you can't. You can't open that message because you don't want to seem desperate. And I, I find on online, if we're talking about online dating, which is very popular because of COVID, right? I find like 
I, I, it's a very rare chance I meet up with a girl if we haven't had that conversation where we're both online at the same time. Yep. If I message and she responds in five hours and I respond in five hours, it's so slow and nothing ever happens. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do that. Exactly. And obviously sometimes you'll be yeah. busy, but there's... That's why I think, you know, responding when someone's online and you can actually have a proper conversation is actually good. So don't be scared that they're going to, you're going to be, you know, oh, he's desperate or she's desperate. Honestly, don't give into the game. It's really, really important to act the way you would. I feel like act the way you would if you were in person. Yeah. Like, um, and if you're interested, if you're interested, feel free to show that you're interested. Literally. <laughs> you don't and have to hide it. If you want to reply, reply straight away. Yeah. And if they continue, you know, taking hours to respond, and it's boring you or you're, you know, super critical about what's happening. Stop Clearly, they're not the right person. Just exactly. like, move on. Next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big one. And I, yeah, it's crazy what people... I don't know if you're on TikTok? Um, I, I am, but I don't really use it. Just Some of yet. the stuff that I've seen on, on TikTok of like guys and goes both ways, guys and girls will like watch... the, the If they're talking to someone, they'll like watch their snap score go up to see if they're snapping to other people because <laughs> on snapchat you have like a score and I, don't yep. know, I don't know how it works but basically every time you send someone a snapchat their score goes up so they'll write like four hundred thousand one hundred and twenty three, and then they'll see he, he hasn't responded to me in two hours but his snap score has gone up oh my god so he's been online <laughs> and stuff like facebook which tells you when you're online and instagram tells you they were online 20 minutes ago but i messaged him an hour ago and they still haven't replied it's psychologically like uh, manipulating and it's so easy to be a stalker and find all this information yes. like it's right there it's also really really hard to ignore it yes like you said if you know that you've sent someone a message an hour ago but they've been online 20 minutes ago that's obviously going to bring you down yeah and it i mean it, it's sad it's like oh so they didn't message me it's like they could have been busy they might have just gone off their phone for a second right and that's where this is where our generation has to face troubles that the other generations haven't had to face you know you used to have to send a letter or something yeah and it would go back and forth there's no opening there's no like leaving it like on red or seen or whatever it's just like crazy what they have to deal with and you're also able to you know if if you've you know moved from the dating app onto instagram it's really easy to see if they've done that with other people as well yeah yeah you just look through their like followers and that's in chronological order so if their last you know four followers were you know a girl and they're following them back then you know that they've just like switched platform I, with these I've other I've never done that. Well. This is, I didn't even know you could do that. Hot tip. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Um, so that was competition of who can care least. Well, you mentioned this earlier on. Um, we're too strategic about our responses. Responding right away comes across as desperate and too available. It's amazing how millennials view the luxury of having instant access to communi- communication as something we need to treat as if we're still using carrier pigeons. Instant messaging is just that. It's instant. But we still withhold our responses, times, and try to show that how busy and important and unattached we are. What is this bullshit logic? What are your thoughts on this? We kind of just spoke about it almost. Yeah, well, I feel like I've definitely been in scenarios where I, like, receive a message and I don't know how to respond and I'll get, you know, my... Get the girls in the group chat. Yeah, literally get the girls in the group chat or, you know, start a group call and be like, okay, this is what's happened. How do I reply? Like A group call. Wow. Yeah. I've never done that. Um, probably when I was a bit younger, but um, yeah, it's you want everyone's advice on it, and at the end of the day, you've obviously overlaid this information and you know shared it across to all of these people to the point where you've really dramatized it in your head, and you end up like putting together this response that might be the extreme. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's another thing that we have to stop doing. Like stop being so strategic about things. Just be more natural, be more in the moment and talk about how you're feeling. And also if you're if you're in that situation, let's say, how long would the phone call be? How long would you guys take to figure out a good response? I mean, it depends on what has just 10 happened. Minutes? It could be 10 minutes, could be an hour. <laughs> Imagine if you're putting an hour into this guy. He's now a big part of your life. You're now putting a lot of weight into this conversation, which means if he just doesn't respond, it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. Or if he, if he goes to you or if he just doesn't respond or he responds weird, you're going to be like, oh, no, because now you've invested a lot more emotion into this guy and it's probably only the second message. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's once again where it can be dangerous. There's nothing wrong with trying to come up with a good message, but like over, I think overthinking it can make it worse. Yep. And that, that's why I'm going to bring it back to what you said about like, you know, learning basic psychology in high school would be yeah. really, really great because when something like that happens or you get ghosted, Instead of blaming yourself for, you know, you know, you, you might have been ghosted and then the whole time you're thinking, 
what did I do wrong? Like, this is so sad. Yeah. Clearly, I deserve this. Like, I've done so. And you're really bringing yourself down. But if you understand basic psychology, you also understand that if you've gone on a few dates with someone and they've ghosted you, you're not the problem. Yes. It's definitely them. Yeah. Like, whether they're an avoidant type personality or they've had, you know, shitty experiences and that's why they don't have the skills to be confrontational enough to say hey i really enjoyed your company but i don't really want to see you again yeah and i've I've had that happen and i've literally this is how low the bar is when they i've I've said oh x and x called it off to my friends and she's like at least she told you and i'm like what do you that's like (laughs) is that the bar you're the bar is so low that's a positive that she and she is like at least she didn't ghost you oh wow thank you so much (laughs) but she's right like i did appreciate the fact that she told me so i was like oh okay thanks for letting me know it's like at least now i can now i've got i feel like i had closure with ghosting you're like as you mentioned you're like what did i do wrong you're overthinking it yeah it's just a dangerous game it really is this is so we're going to keep moving on this list we expect a perfection that doesn't exist Social media and th- we mentioned this earlier on. Social media and thousands of dating profiles shoved in our faces leads us to believe that we're entitled fairy tale life that doesn't truly exist. We write people off for a minor detail and quickly look for the next best thing that we'll somehow also find flaws in. Yep, Instagram, all of those like beautiful Instagram couple goal photos. Yes, I, I have a friend that has an account like that, and then. Obviously, I'm quite close with her, so I know for a fact that their it's relationship that is oh, not at all. Yeah. And I'm like, why Why are you building this image mm. for other people? Um, yeah. And especially like the YouTubers who like have, as you mentioned, dating channels and stuff, like couples channels, and like they're just constantly traveling the world. They're always having, you know, the best time of their life. Yep. And you're like, oh man, is that what a relationship is today? Great. <laughs> I can't wait to get in the relationship. It's and so the- easy to stage it that way though. It is, and I mean, I, I do, I, I do understand the point. Like, why would you be showing your you fighting on social media? It's like I understand you don't want to show that, but it's just the the effect it's ha- the psychological effect it's having on younger people and setting that expectation for what is and as you mentioned, Outer Banks, Riverdale. I haven't seen any of these shows, but I know all about them because people talk about them all the time. And yep. All I, what I basically know about Riverdale is it's a really bad show, but they're really attractive. Yep, literally, that's it. You've seen it? Um, I've seen a few of the seasons, but I lost interest pretty early on. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand how those actors are meant to be in high school. Like, yes. I'm, that's, I'm that's 23, and that's not what people look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is – number seven was we're overloaded with options. Yeah, which is so true. We don't believe we need to settle on anything else, uh, anything because there's always someone better looking with a better life, better family, better hobbies, or someone with a better bank account. We move from person to person, and we even land on someone that makes us feel great. We could totally devote ourselves to in a relationship. We're never quite willing to give up the search. And online dating, obviously, Tinder is and is the best visual representation where you just swipe you could swipe through a thousand profiles in a night of a thousand different girls or a thousand different guys and you could have especially girls get heaps and heaps i've i've seen girls who've had like over ten thousand matches on their profile like that is mental imagine like you're just one of ten thousand and it's also so much hard work like oh it's exhausting yeah and maintaining that many conversations and that's literally just you matching with people think about the conversations that you should be having Mm. If you have 10,000 matches, are you really allocating any time to engaging with these people or is it more the ego boost that you get every time you exactly. swipe and match with someone? Which is what a lot of people do. It's like don't go on a dating profile to boost your ego and boost your self-confidence. Like I, I know a lot of girls who would do this or just go on. They have no intention of ever meeting up with someone. Yep. They just want to go on so they can get the matches and see all these people messaging them. Half the time they won't even respond. They just they just get the endorphin hit when they see all these guys. They're like, okay, I'm attractive. I'm attractive. I'm attractive, thank God. People want to date me. Yeah, exactly. And that's so bad. It is. Number eight, we've become content with being alone. While we've been navigating the journey to find love, we've consequently committed our lives to ourselves and made them into something that's happy and rewarding without someone to love, which means it's much harder to invite a relationship into our lives. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I kind of agree to agree with that um i think that as like a whole generation generation z millennials like we're very very independent and we have a lot of autonomy with what we want to do with our lives and how we want to spend our time like if you go back a generation our parents were kind of like at least this was the case with mine um 
they had a very tradi- traditional trajectory of what they were supposed to do. 100%. Go to high school, go to uni, get a job, move, stay in that career path and just move up the Move ranks. up the ranks until you're manager, until a yeah. general manager, retire, live the dream. Literally. Whereas look at us now. Like we've gone to high school, we've maybe gone to uni. You and I both have a podcast. Exactly. We get to free our time any way that we want. And I feel like... We're recording this at three o'clock on a Wednesday. Exactly. Because we're... And like how often... you know, not, If you had a full-time job, you couldn't do that. No. Yeah. Um, yes, I feel like it's very, very easy to become very independent and a lot less motivated to want to be in a relationship, especially in your early 20s. Mm. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on relationships in your early 20s? Like, I think... I think there's a degree of, you know, have fun. Like being single can be really fun because you can, you can go out, you don't have responsibilities, that sort of stuff. Yep. But then it's nice to have someone to connect with and always have someone to rely on. But then I guess part of me goes, well, I, I, can, I can get married when I'm 30 and I can have that for the rest of my life. Do I want to stay single until I'm 30? Like what are your thoughts okay. on that? I think it's really, really important to date in your early 20s even in your mid-20s. Um, and the reason why I think it's really important is because... What about high school? Even in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I think that you need to date in order to understand what you look for in a partner, what your um, interests are, and yes. who you really are as a person, and what you're like in a relationship or when you're getting to know someone. Um, and then after you've had quite a bit of experience then you can settle down like I think it's a huge red flag if I meet someone who's 25 and has been back to back in like three or four year long relationships because they haven't been single they haven't had it also means they can't be that picky like they'll just take anyone who shows them attention it's like and that they can't be alone yeah I know and I know people I was talking to this girl a while ago and she was just like I broke up and she's like I got in a relationship just to kind of be in a relationship and I was just like Oh, I didn't say it. I was just kind of like, oh, that's not the most romantic story, is it? No. But I agree. And I I always worry. And I'm, first of all, to people who like meet someone in high school and get married, have kids and all that. First of all, like that's really lucky you've met someone so early. Yep. But at the same time, when I was dating my girlfriend at the time, this is my first girlfriend. And we both had said this openly during our relationship. We knew we probably weren't going to last, but we were in high school having fun. Yep. And it was like, I don't want to have only experienced one person because I don't know what I'm missing out on. Yep. You know what I mean? One one hundred percent, and I couldn't agree. I, I couldn't agree more. Like I've been really fortunate in that I have, you know, dated a little bit in Cyprus, dated quite a bit in Australia. I did a year of exchange in Amsterdam, and I, you know, dated there as well. And I have all of these very, very, very diverse experiences mm. under under my belt. So I have a pretty good idea of what kind of person I'd be very compatible with. Yes, and that's good. I'm only 23. Yeah, you've got all the time in the world. Yep. <laughs> you could still be single for the next eight years or something. Exactly. And you're still pretty young. And it's like learning how to date is also a great skill because you're really putting yourself out there and, you know, basically meeting a stranger. Yeah, it's, it can and, be scary. Yeah, it can be scary. You're practicing, you're... Not public speaking, but the way you come across, um, what skills and attributes of yourself of yourself that you're really proud of, and you can also find the areas that you really really need to build. Yes, definitely. It was like when I broke up with my girlfriend in high school, like, and I think everyone does. This. As soon as you break up with someone, you realize what you're missing out on, or yeah. like you realize, oh, I could have been so much better. I could have been doing this, and I. I remember thinking like, okay, remember for your next relationship. I remember what you can improve on, what you can do better. And like if you've never been in a relationship for the first one, you're going to discover so much and you're going to learn so much and you can take that to the next the next one or the next time you start dating and to the point where, as you mentioned, you now know exactly what you're looking for. So you don't have to fluff around wasting time with guys. And don't are, settle. Yeah, you don't have to settle just because you want to be in a relationship like your girlfriends or your boy or your mates or whatever. Yeah. Like, because that's a big one. Okay, this, this is the last one. We don't feel accountable for the pain we inflict to others. So when we've hurt someone's feelings, we don't feel the slightest bit inclined to apologize or to make them good in our wrongs. It's not our problem, it's theirs. A person's emotions, even if it's caused by someone, something we did, it's up to them to resolve. And this can be easy because, as you mentioned, when it's over text, you don't have the confrontation that you would have in real life. Yep. So it's easy just to be like, just to go someone or to just say, hey, it's off, see ya. Because you don't have the you, you, in real life, you say, "Hey, it's off." Why is it off? Oh, I'm not liking this, and you need chat. Whereas it's so easy to do it online. It's a lot less confrontational. Yeah, it's a lot easier to do. I also think that there's like a lack of a need for commitment. 
like our our general our, our generation as a whole doesn't want to commit to things like we don't want to commit to a career mm. we want to have the options of you know being able to do a lot of different things in a short period of time um I've had a lot of friends who don't even want to commit to the country that they're in. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I want to go to London for a bit. I want to go to other countries. Hopefully, we'll be able to if yep. everything opens up again. But yeah, I don't want to commit to a country. I don't I don't want to commit to a career. I agree with all of that. Yeah, everyone has very negative feelings towards the word commitment. Mm. Especially as younger people. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, because like, you don't have to commit to a career anymore because there's so many opportunities now. Awesome. And this is the final one. So we're all jaded as hell. Trust is severely lacking in our dating culture. We're in a thick of a hookup culture that values sex more than love, temporarily fulfillment instead of lifelong commitment, and lazy-ass communication that often gets lost in translation. This is actually... The translation part's so true. Like, I'm very sarcastic, like, especially when I'm talking to someone, and often often people won't pick up on it in text, and I, it comes across quite... They'll be like, ha what do you mean? I'm like, oh, no, now I've got to explain it to them, and it's like this <laughs> awkward, like, ah. Yeah, I feel like I, I definitely experienced a lot of that when I first moved here, because... I never picked up on people's sarcasm. Oh, yeah. It's very Australian. Yeah. And then I thought I was just like the joke. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> what you mean. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's why it's really, really important to communicate mostly like for all the important stuff in person because then you've got all the facial cues and your tone of voice and um, but speak about your feelings. Yeah. Cool. So I guess before we wrap up, I guess we'll go, if you had one piece of advice for the younger generation around dating, what would it be? I think I would say find find information tools that are quite genuine and I would definitely listen to a lot of podcasts about that. Like one yeah. of my favorite ones is um, it's called Bobo and Flex and they give a lot of great advice and tips. Um, officially unofficial? Definitely officially unofficial. I'll plug my podcast in there too. Yeah. Um, but also... Don't don't compare your dating life to your friends. Everyone has very different experiences and it's important to go at your own pace. Um, what else would I say? Don't feel pressured. Don't feel pressured, no. To do anything, anything we mentioned. Don't feel pressured to hook up with someone if you don't want to. Yeah. Don't feel pressured consent. to get in a re- Yeah, don't feel pressured to get in a relationship if you don't want to. Yeah. Well, it's not even consent. Like, people will still want to hook up. Yeah, but I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll just feel pressured to, even if they want to hook up with a guy, if we're pressured to because their friends are saying, oh, yeah. he's cute or whatever. Don't get in a relationship because all of your girlfriends are in a relationship and you feel left out. Yeah, and you can't go on couples dates and yeah, that sort of no. stuff. Like, don't get a relationship for the sake of getting a relationship or because you're lonely or something because it's probably not going to last because it's not. It's the wrong reason to get a rela- in a relationship. Yeah, and also don't be really hard on yourself if you have whatever kind of negative experience. Like, think about why people act in the way that they do. It's not always your fault. <laughs> What would your sorry? Just before I've got a cool question. Yeah. What would your advice be to young guys on approaching girls in like a in the, at a pub or a bar or like a club or something? Just go and say hi. It, so and yeah, one of the things that I hate is that, at least in Sydney, I'll go out to a bar. I'll go out to maybe not in a club because in in a club people are more intoxicated and they're more likely to come and approach you. Sure. But in a bar, if you see someone that you want to speak to, literally just go up to them, introduce yourself. Ask them how their day is going or what kind of cocktail they're having. Just be confident and it's pretty unlikely that you're going to get completely rejected. Yeah. I reckon girls will appreciate the fact that like, they know that it's taken confidence for you to come up to them. Also, as a woman, do you think you don't get approached that often or do you get approached a lot? Because I've, I've met some pretty attractive girls and like I've never been approached in at a bar and I'm like, whoa. As guys, I think we just think girls get approached all the time, so we don't want to be just another number. Right. Okay. I think that I've been approached quite a bit, but mostly in Europe. In okay. Australia, it doesn't really happen, and I'm not too sure why it is. Yes, I think it's just because of what I said. Well, I also think that probably any instant, instance where a guy has approached me in a bar, I can tell that like I'm never going to forget this one time I was at a bar, and I, I could see this guy that was clearly interested because he kept looking in my direction. Yeah. Um, but he just kept drinking and at some point I could see that his friends were like encouraging him to come over and he came over. But at that point he was so intoxicated that I was just like, yeah. no, like shoot your shot earlier. Literally on. shoot your shot earlier. Um, I feel like guys only feel comfortable enough to approach girls when they're not fully in control. Because you can blame the alcohol. You can blame the alcohol. You can, like you can if justify. you get turned down, it's like, oh, 
It's like, oh, was she into you? Oh, I was too drunk. I mate. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can use it as a scapegoat. Yeah. You can use the alcohol. Also, girls, you're allowed to approach guys as well. And that's something that girls don't do enough. And I also know a lot of girls that wait to get really intoxicated and then to go up to a guy. What we just said. Yeah. It's, it's the same with it's... both genders. Yeah. I think because also, you know, the girl comes up to you intoxicated, they're normally they're way more confident. Yeah. They'll be way more flirty. If, if, if a drunk girl comes up to you and she's off balance and she like touches you and stuff, you're not going to think anything of it because it's like, oh, she's drunk. She's yep. flirty. That's cute and stuff. Whereas if she came up and did that sober... It's like a different story, and you can see. So you can kind of see why being drunk, also and, and being drunk, just gives you more confidence. It's incredibly attractive to be asked out, yeah. even if you're not interested in the person. You feel really, really good, and you're you're not you're not going to be rude to them if you're not interested. And especially for like, because I've never been I've never been approached. Um, I've never been approached so so directly before. I've had people approach on the dance floor and stuff, but like it just doesn't happen with guys really into being approached very very rarely unless they're very good looking but for the average guy you like never get approached see i in australia to all the girls listening like i have definitely approached guys and i've probably two or three times never been rejected exactly (laughs) and even if you get rejected like it's not the end of the world yeah and to the guys listening like i i was once approached um middle of the day weekday i was in the like cbd and I was crossing. Um, I was crossing a road, and someone fully chased me, and came no up way. to me, and he was like, "Did that just happen?" And I I had my headphones in, so I like take my headphone out and like, "What?" He's like, "Did that just happen?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "We just had a moment. Like <laughs> you were walking in my direction. I was, you know, walking opposite you, and oh, you looked into my eyes, and I was like, what?" <laughs> He's like, can I have your number? I was like, you know what? This is really funny. This guy seems really, really cool. He was yeah, quite yeah. attractive. And I gave it to him and we Bang. went on a date and it was fun. Really? There yeah. you go. Wow. So I think confidence is key. Yeah. But yeah, don't be afraid. I think, I think, yeah, girls can ask out guys a lot more and guys can also ask out girls a lot more. Don't be scared. You know, the word, and I need to eat my own words here. <laughs> and like, don't, don't rely on dating apps. Yes, definitely. That's yeah. so toxic. I hate dating apps. I hate them. So, <laughs> even though I'm on them right now, I still hate them. I've, I've gotten off them because I was like, I think that subconsciously in the back of my head, I was like, cool, I'm on a dating app. Therefore, I am putting myself out there. Yes. Yeah, but and, you're not. Well, ever since I've gotten rid of them, I've realized that my in, like interactions with the men that I come across on a daily basis through work or whatnot have been like I'm, I'm a lot more alert of what's happening. Mm. Um, and it's a lot more easy to pick up on any kind of chemistry or tension that's there. Yeah, awesome. Well, Natasha, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. And just before we go, where can people find you if they want to listen to your podcast, if they want to follow you on Instagram, is there a website? Like what's the best place to find you? So you can follow my personal account, which is at Nat Larkos on Instagram. Larkos is L-A-R-C-O-S. And then if you want to tune into the podcast, our Instagram handle is at officiallyunofficial.pod. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Basically, any podcast streaming platform except YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I think we had a great conversation. I think yeah, it's super valuable great. for younger people. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really enjoyed it. All right. If you are still here, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode. If you got some value out of it, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes or shared it with your friends or family. Otherwise, I'll be putting up videos of this episode on Instagram and Facebook. So check it out there at Byron Dempsey or at Driven Young Podcast, and I'll see you on the next one.